As a follow-up to our previous video about a week ago on the cross, which is, well, in Scripture, the Greek word staros, every time for upright stake or pole, but never a Roman crucifix. It just doesn't fit the context of the word. Yes, the word crucified is also there, uh, and we didn't cover that because, well, we had 10 minutes, and this will probably go over 10 as well. Uh, just because, but it's staru, a form of the same word. It's the same point, nothing changes. Uh, going deeper here, one must explore the historical use of the term staros in Greek as an upright stake, not a cross, a Roman crucifix. Uh, in Greek, uh, that's the language in which it was originally written, not Latin, uh, and not even Hebrew for that matter for the New Testament largely, though there, a case can be made that Matthew did originally write in Hebrew. Uh, but let's look at this. Here is how the Greeks especially, and we'll even get to a Roman, uh, in fact, in Latin, who will specify that there's a difference between the Roman word for stake uh, as, as an implement of uh, torture, basically, or, or execution, uh, a stake, pole, upright, standalone post, all the same. And it's different, even in Latin, uh, than the word for cross. Oops, we'll show you. And because he's using both in the same sentence along with other execution uh, instruments. And you will see how they used staros in Greek as upright stake, pole, pile, like pylon or post. Uh, which is never two pieces. That's the big thing here. Uh, of timber, it's it's one, standing upright. That's the way it was. We'll show you even some renderings. Again, the renderings. No one has pictures of Yahushua's crucifixion, or whatever you want to call it. Um, so, sorry, folks. Can't produce that because nobody has it. The CCTV cameras were out that day. Um, but anyway... Also, they use it for impale, uh, which is not what you do with a cross. It would be nonsense to even think about that. Uh, they use it to impale a body for wild animals to prey on, and that's the same instrument that Yahushua was hung on. It's not a cross. They use it for impaling one head, in fact, after chopping it off. In one case, we'll show you the account. Uh, they most certainly did not chop the head off and then, well, place it on a Roman crucifix, that's nonsense. This is the Greek language and usage, and that matters here. Uh, it is typically pointed on the one end, by the way. Uh, not always. In, in context, it sometimes is and sometimes isn't. But what it isn't is it is not a Roman crucifix. The Bible says what it says, and the New Testament is written in Greek, and it matters that this word does not lead to the occult concept of a cross, the symbol of the ancient sun god, for thousands of years. We well covered and proved that's long before Messiah ever even came in the flesh. Let's take a look and resolve the doctrines of men once again. We'll breeze through this again, trying to keep it closer to 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, so no, we ain't going to cover everything, but this should be enough to demonstrate the point. Let's go all the way back to the era of uh, 700 B.C. Wow. Uh, we can find the same word as used in the Greek uh, New Testament, staros. Uh, what's it mean? And uh, here we go. In the writings of Homer 
in the Odyssey. It is a pointed stake. One piece of wood, not two, and no beam. Uh, that, in this case, was shoved into one's eye. Uh, no, they did not shove a cross into the eye of the enemy there. It doesn't work. It obviously was pointed. And that's not a guess because it says so. Homer also discusses stakes, uh, staros, used in construction, basically of fencing for a pig pen. They were posts. Uh, this is the Greek word staros, and it is in use right there. Uh, as an upright piece of timber, not two pieces, not a cross, not a Roman crucifix, certainly. Uh, you will find it used the same in the Iliad by Homer as well. Uh, we're not even going to go there because we don't need it. In 430 BC, Thucydides, or however you say it, refers to this same New Testament Greek word staros, misinterpreted as a Roman crucifix in the New Testament, uh, it is uh, piles or pylons used to make fence posts again. Uh, those weren't Roman crosses, of course. We also see staros translated as palisado, uh, palisado, how you say it, uh, which is the uh, same as pile or pole or stake upright. Uh, all the same, same context. But what it is not is a Roman crucifix or a crux. Uh, that doesn't work. Again, one piece of timber, not two, no crossbeam. In another reference from Thucydides, uh, where he speaks of staros, the Greek word, again, from the New Testament, means upright stakes or piles. They're translated here. Uh, they're cut with a saw, uh, and they use them essentially as fence posts, again, uh, singular pieces of timber, not two. This is not the Roman crucifix. Don't worry, we're going to get to one where a Roman will tell you that's a different word. Even though it became confused later, which is on purpose, of course. Euripides also uses staros, the Greek word, in 430 BC as well, meaning to impale, uh, and also stake, uh, both, actually. Uh, in this application, a corpse was to be brought to be impaled on a stake. You don't do that with a cross. Uh, with a pointed end for wild animals to prey on. Uh, they didn't crucify it on a cross that those animals, well, couldn't reach. And what a waste of resources. That would have been, of course, uh, not practical. We find at least two other mentions of this type of impaling by Euripides. In fact, uh, neither leave any room for a Roman crucifix. In 425 BC, getting closer here, uh, before Yahusha Herodotus uh, also speaks of Staros, same era, uh, as we just covered, uh, as the foundation for platforms, uh, similar fence posts, uh, you know, posts that you use to build as a foundation, as walls, etc. Uh, pretty simple. They didn't build foundations on crosses. No. He then speaks of staros, the Greek word, uh, as a stake, upright stake, for impaling a single piece of timber, not two. Uh, this discusses orders given to cut off the head and crucify it. No way. That would be nonsense. Impale it on a spike or a stake, a singular piece of wood. Here are three more references in Herodotus. So it's, it's not just once that he uses it, uh, where this Greek word staros really means 
to fix on a stake or pail. It's the same thing, impale. It's a singular piece of wood, not two pieces, no crossbeam. In the fragmented works of Cesius, uh, uh, around 400 BC, uh, there survives a Greek reference to the word staros. Uh, he uses it meaning to impale, a single stake, not a cross. And this in the context of execution, as you've seen with others as well, so even in the same exact context. In 370 BC, getting closer, uh, even more so now, uh, Xenophon, however you say his name, uh, uses the word staros, interpreted as uh, palisades or pails or posts, it's the same thing, stakes, upright stakes, uh, all the same. Uh, also referencing a sort of fence uh, in, in uh, you know, meaning uh, of sort. In 200 BC, now we're getting really close, uh, Polybius uh, also uses staros, the Greek word in definition, uh, similar to a singular post. Uh, such as that used for fence uh, in definition. Uh, 200 years before Messiah, the Greek use it uh, pretty well established as one piece of timber, not too uh, pretty simple. However, very close to Yahushua's time, about 30 years or so after, very close, 65 AD, Seneca the Stoic writes in Latin, not Greek, but he does something very telling. He lists different instruments of death, and here he lists the Roman crux or cross, right? Oh, but it's separately from a different implement of execution called the stake, a different Latin word, palace. Oops, in the same sentence, these are not the same thing. They are not synonymous, as many try to say, because they are not. The history is fraud. Prison, the rack, where one is laid down and stretched, I believe, is what they refer to as a rack. But what it isn't is it's not a cross and it's not a stake. Uh, and the hook, all different implements mentioned here in the same sentence, clearly uniquely different uh, from cross is stake. Still an implement for impalement uh, and execution that was there 30 years after Messiah. So he was nailed to a stake or tree in scripture. And we'll show you something that really brings that home in a moment. Uh, never once does it say in Greek it was a Roman crucifix. It's just not there. The symbol of the sun god worship. No, thank you. Uh, this matters, folks. And here are three mentions from Lucian in about 100 AD. Again, very close to Messiah's time, but a little after it. And guess what? They were still using the stake. This means to fix on a pole or stake exactly as Yahushua was, with nails in his case. Uh, he wasn't impaled. In other words, you know, a spike wasn't driven through him. No, but he was nailed to a stake. Uh, again, uh, it's pretty pretty clear. Uh, he what, what what would be the saying? Let's let's start a new saying. He was not impaled. He was nailed, right? And like Johnny Cochran, you know, if the glove don't fit, you must. Uh, never mind. You know. 
And finally, in 100 AD, Plutarch tells the story of a horribly evil game. We hate this reference, there's no doubt about that. Uh, in which eunuchs, slaves, were really treated as playing card, you know, uh, really poker chips of sort. Uh, ridiculous as far as their lives. They were executed uh, for no reason, just as the penalty for, you know, that royal uh, losing. Ridiculous. It's terrible. In this case, though, uh, there were four upright stakes or poles, each one separate and individual. Uh, but all used, uh, the eunuch would be impaled on three of them, stretched lengthwise, and then his skin would be nailed to the fourth. <sighs> Disgusting, very sick, no doubt. But the point remains, these are all separate, singular pieces of timber uh, as basically the biblical upright stake, uh, which is also historical fact. There is no evidence of a cross being used in the Bible in the original language whatsoever. It's just not there. So why force the occult into the Bible when it's not needed? In the 16th century, someone drew an interesting illustration that obviously is not from the time of Messiah, uh, clearly. But we like this because it gives everybody a visual. It's, it's more accurate in representation for the Greek word staros. And he it even explains uh, with this illustration. It's referred to in Latin as the crux simplex, a cross, of course, that's not actually a cross. Uh, it, and that's not the Bible word used. But look at this. Uh, it is staros, a singular stake with no cross being needed. And there you go. It's pretty good as uh, an, an illustration. Uh, and much closer to how our Messiah was executed, not on an occult crucifix, which is the symbol of the sun god. The questions remain, though, regardless of what side you land on on this, and even those trying to placate occult doctrine in the church, which never really works, but they do it. Why? Uh, I mean, how does a blatant occult symbol get mistaken in very weak association? That would be one thing if this was actually some sort of some strong connection. It's not. It's weak. It's incredibly weak and easy to dismantle. So what are we doing? We're making it very easy for the enemies of the word to attack it. That's stupid. That has always been the dumbest way to handle truth. Uh, so basically, Messiah's implement of sacrifice here, uh, it was a stake. It was not. It was an upright stake. It was not a Roman crucifix symbol of the sun god. Why double down on something unproven and easily disproved in shaky doctrine no one ever needed? And yet from our pulpits, oh, the cross. What? Learn, pastors. Learn. Do your research. It's time in this age to prove all things and hold fast to that which is good, even those elements in the church called church doctrine. And I wish I couldn't say that. I wish it wasn't true. But we're living in a strong delusion. Many turn out to be so. Now, test them. And we are to prove all things for ourselves because we are in a strong delusion. Always remember, do exactly that. Prove all things for yourself. Yah bless to everyone.
about 382 AD, in the days of Jerome, known for the Latin Vulgate, a new term began to circulate in Bible scholarship, according to R.H. Charles. Certain texts of historical value, and even canon, were now labeled as something other than inspired scripture. The very concept is a clear redefining of books already in existence, and in most cases, text recorded as inspired scripture and Bible canon now somehow in question by those without any such authority. This paradigm remains today even further rooted as if it ever represented the historical approach to these Old Testament texts as some vet as truth. How do these texts stand up to the Torah test? The answer on many of these books will likely shock especially scholars who have never actually conducted such research, which becomes evident. It's not in their paradigm. This canon was already chosen before there were Pharisees in Jerusalem and before there was ever a Catholic church. Those factions do not get to legitimately form councils to vote on that, which was already settled, fact, long before, even in archaeology. You are entering a zone for truth with our new Apocrypha Test series. Follow along, and together we will dispel the myths of modern scholarship. And man, are they profoundly lacking in intellect on this topic you will see not anymore download your copies of volume one and volume two of our comprehensive apocrypha research free in ebook today or get your copies at apocryphatest.com all links are there we now begin